Some days are harder than others. But let's give this a try. The National Mall boasts a set of monuments with which you are all undoubtedly familiar, some to the point of being able to give tours for others, and each of us at least to the point of name recognition. For the next next several weeks, there's an additional exhibition of six art installations. Each are a response to this prompt. What stories remain untold on the National Mall? What stories remain untold on the National Mall? In Constitution Gardens near the memorial to the signers of the Declaration of Independence is Wendy Red Star's The Soil You See. The artist's seven-foot-tall glass thumbprint contains the names of chiefs who signed treaties with the United States government, often with a fingerprint, between 1825 and 1880. Homegoing near the Washington Monument is Ashen T. Crawley's Memorial to AIDS Patients, which features a three-part composition by the artist. It is an audiovisual memorial to queer musicians, choir directors, and songs from black church contexts, often closeted, the fullness of their stories still untold. On Easter Sunday in 1939, singer Marian Anderson gave a performance that would go down in history. Barred from singing at Constitution Hall, owned by the Daughters of the American Revolution, which didn't allow black performers, she sang for a crowd of 75,000 from the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. Now, Anderson's powerful performance is the inspiration behind Vanessa German's piece, Pulling Together. The statue is made of steel, resin, and archival photos from the day of Anderson's performance. Notes of the spiritual, nobody knows the trouble I've seen, appear in the details of her blue dress, the symbolic color of healing. The provocative thing about the placement of these works of art is that they strive to tell a story within the story, or the subtext to the meta-narrative. More explicitly, they tell the stories that we can identify as unrepresented in the granite monuments that take up permanent space on the mall, and perhaps in our nation's conscience. Often, the purpose of art is to force us to reflect in a metaphorical way on that which we may overlook in our lives in a literal way. Similarly, the symbol of the cross demands that we confront in a metaphorical way what we encounter in the cross in a literal way. The cross shows us the truth about God and the truth about humanity. For Jesus, the cross was a literal manifestation of the sinfulness of humanity made into an instrument of torture and death. When we look to the cross, it captures all that Jesus' sacrificial act comes to represent in our lives. We encounter both the truth about humanity and the truth about God in this one symbol. The cross is both particular to Jesus' story and universal to our encounter of God's divinity. It is really important to get clarity about what the cross represents, not just for Jesus, but for each of us as followers of Christ. 
In today's passage from Matthew's gospel, Jesus makes the first of his passion predictions. Jesus states plainly what his journey towards the cross will look like, though it's hard to imagine the disciples would have known how to make sense of it all. Journeying towards the cross not only influenced Jesus, but all who followed him as well. The path forward is necessarily cruciform. Peter's encounter with Jesus is particularly instructive as we try and wrestle with what exactly we mean by cruciform in shape. Peter thought he had figured out exactly what kind of Messiah he was following. In last Sunday's gospel reading, which is directly connected to the text we heard today, Peter recognized Jesus as the Son of God. Jesus declared that Peter would be the very foundation upon which the church is built. And then, as Jesus turns and heads towards Jerusalem, Peter gets dubbed Satan, certainly one of the most well-recorded falls from grace. He seems appalled by the severity of suffering that Jesus indicates is coming. Peter serves as a patron saint of discomfort of sorts. He has just figured out that Jesus was the son of God, and that can hardly be reconciled with the Messiah who is willing to speak truth to power. Peter was not prepared for the uncomfortable vulnerability that came with following Jesus. Now, I would love to say that this type of reaction is unique to Peter's specific character flaws, but you and I both know that is not the case. Humanity has done a masterful job avoiding discomfort and suffering in so many forms. I'll only speak to what we see here in the United States, which is a society that preferences the vitality of youthfulness and hides the difficulty of aging with an anti-aging recipe made for everything. We run from those who are courageous enough to be vulnerable and deem those who share honestly as over-emotional, overly emotional. We haven't been listening, truly listening to our brothers and sisters of colors for century, ostensibly because this would have required tremendous sacrifices on our part. The founding title deed to the property we occupy this morning included a racially restrictive covenant for anyone who was not of the Caucasian race until last month. In Jesus' time, it was the women of the family who prepared dead bodies for burial. But we don't personally confront the reality of mortality in the faces of those whom we love and instead support a booming funeral industry. I could keep going with these examples. My point is that in distancing ourselves from the most vulnerable truths in life, we distance ourselves from the whole truth. It seems this resistance to discomfort and suffering masked by denial is a part of the human condition and not simply a feature of our patron saint of discomfort. As followers of Jesus, we must be clear about what it looks like to take up our cross. Too often this this phrase is thrown around as an arbitrary explanation for the everyday struggles of our lives. Our particular struggles are important, and engaging them is holy work. 
But to be a follower of Jesus means to encounter the world with full awareness of the cruciform nature of our calling. Jesus' journey towards the cross meant a commitment to speaking truth to power in love. It meant not avoiding the consequences of living into the fullness of God's love. Taking up the cross means following Jesus to the places that are deemed unclean. Taking up the cross means willingly finding the margins of society where the light from the center does not reach and taking up residence there long enough to share that light. Taking up the cross means having clarity that the journey you are on leads towards crucifixion, but also resurrection. When we stand back and gain a broader perspective, the subplot within the plot becomes clear. The journey towards the cross represents suffering and death, as well as the coming truth of resurrection. The cross shows us the hopeful truth about God and the painful truth about humanity. From Jesus' story, we catch a glimpse of the heart of God's mercy and love. And within Jesus' story, we find our story. With the patron saint of discomfort as our constant companion, my hope is that we might fully engage the cruciform shape of our commitment as followers of Jesus. Amen.